everybody welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner 211623 state representing mr daybell is attorney john Pryor. uh rob wood is here today representing the state this is the time we have scheduled for a motion to extend time for motions to be filed and heard under rule 12b can you hold on for just one moment yeah, who was that? That was. It's not letting me mute the YouTube, and so it's giving us bad feedback. Okay, if you'll go ahead and get that resolved, we'll wait. Do we need to say something so you can check it? No. Looks like they're having some tech issues here, including currently buffering, <laughs> and they cannot, I don't know, they, they seem to have some kind of weird something going on. Oh. I think they dropped the stream. I think they did. I think we'll have to go back and pick it back up. I bet they had to restart it or something. Maybe so. Let's see what this does. Oh, look at that. It's an ad for StreamYard that we are currently streaming on. <laughs> we do love StreamYard. StreamYard is on. Hey there, Shay. Welcome. We're just uh, waiting on some tech difficulties on the side of the court here. Yep. Not sure. Hopefully they're going to gonna... get back to... Yep. Nope. We're going to have to exit this and try again. I'm sure that's exactly what they're doing right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it is because she said she couldn't mute. <clears throat> yeah. So, weird. Come on. We want the show, man. <laughs> Mercury right. retrograde, right? Well, we had a weird thing last night when we went to go live where Katie couldn't hear me. So I restarted yeah. my computer and we came on and then Katie could hear me and I couldn't hear Katie and she had uh -huh. to restart her computer. So I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Hello. Welcome everybody coming in. Renee, okay. horses, Corey. Are we okay, back up? I think we are definitely back. Here we go. Okay. 
Sarah and Amy, welcome all of you. June 9th of 2021, there's been some fairly extensive delays because of preparation and obtaining of grand jury transcripts. And I know that was cited in your motion, Mr. Pryor, but at this time I will hear argument on your motion to extend so you can present your argument. Judge, uh, if you, uh, in a review of the record, you will note that on 621 of, uh, of 22, I filed my first motion to extend time. That was granted that on 921-22, still not having possession of the grand jury transcript, I filed another motion to extend time. Uh, once I received the transcript, and my recollection is I received that sometime in the mid to late of October, I then had the uh, uh, five days of grand jury, and I'm not going to discuss the particulars of what's in the grand jury, uh, but it was a significant grand jury transcript. I would say that, Judge, this was the longest grand jury transcript I have ever encountered. Uh, part of the process of having to go through this was, one, having to read the grand jury transcript. Then I had to go back, Judge, and I had to review the preliminary hearing transcript of what each and every one of the uh, witnesses talked about in front of the, uh, the preliminary hearing in the original case. Then I've had to go back and compare the preliminary hearing transcript with the grand jury transcript and each and every one of the witnesses that offered evidence to the state that has, at least to this state has been provided to me. Judge, I will tell you that was a, a onerous task. And at this point, um, I just got with stipulation of the state to get the voting record. And I did manage yesterday when I was in uh, uh, Fremont County to take a look at the voting record. Uh, I felt that after the court set, the, did the initial trial setting, and I believe that was on 12-3, that under my reading of the rules is that I needed to file a renewed motion, a second renewed motion to extend time to be able to preserve that. Now, uh, in reading of the rules, when the, the trial setting was set, at least my reading of the rules is that there was an opportunity within a short period of time, 28 days, to file a, uh, a motion to dismiss. Uh, I don't think that was sufficient enough given the, the, this, the incredible length this motion is going to uh, encompass. It's a significant amount of information in this, uh, uh, what's going to be uh, addressing this grand jury proceeding. Uh, there are a number of issues that I'll need to bring up and a number of issues that I'll need to address. And uh, judge, it's not just something as simple as filing a motion to dismiss and saying, this is what I have a problem with. This is five days of grand jury testimony. Uh, the standard judge is excusable neglect, but there hasn't been any neglect here. What there has been, I've been diligent in going through all of this information, reviewing all of this, and quite frankly, judge, uh, the, the magnitude of the work um, uh, is going to require that I'll need some additional time to do that. Mr. Pryor, I'll just note the rule allows for extension for either good cause shown or excusable neglect. So right. that option's available under the rule right. as well. And, and Judge, what I'm asking for is good cause. And, and, and frankly, Judge, I don't have any information, but I did contact Mr. Archibald, who represents Ms. Vallow, and I discussed with him, I believe in late December, uh, that, oh, I'd strike that, I think uh, late uh, January, late December, I mean December, that there, I had heard that there was another grand jury proceeding with additional evidence that was presented to the grand jury. Uh, I contacted Mr. Archibald. I was advised that Mr. Archibald had heard the same thing. I anticipate Judge asking for a transcript of that grand jury proceeding if in fact there was one. 
Uh, I don't expect Mr. Wood to address that or even acknowledge that he doesn't have to. It's something that uh, um, if he chooses not to uh, acknowledge that it occurred, I'll, I'll petition the court for whether or not that uh, there was a proceeding. But I did hear um, um, as part of the investigation that there was an additional grand jury proceeding conducted. So at that point, if there is judge and there was any testimony as it relates to this case, at that point, I'm entitled to that information, additional information. And if there were witnesses and testimony, I should be afforded a chance to get that information prior to me even filing any kind of a, uh, 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 addressing any concerns I might have in the grand jury transcript. And with that judge, I'll, uh, I'll hand this over to Mr. Wood. All right, thank you, Mr. Pryor. Mr. Wood, state's response. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Um, I would note that in the defendant's motion, the reason for his request in the motion uh, is simply that there was another uh, grand jury proceeding. Uh, the state has no problem acknowledging there was a grand jury proceeding. The state does disagree that uh, it affects this proceeding in any way. Um, I would just note for background, uh, Idaho Criminal Rule 12b provides that a defendant can file a motion to dismiss for defects in an indictment. Uh, there are time limits on that. Uh, those time limits are provided by Rule 12d. Uh, and we've talked about already, it's 28 days after a plea of not guilty. The state in this case did not object to Mr. Pryor's first two motions. Uh, as, as has already been stated, the grand jury transcript was not prepared. That's certainly good cause for an extension of time. Uh, However, uh, the court would further, uh, the state would further note uh, that uh, there are, those timelines do exist and failure to exercise those rights in a timely manner does uh, constitute a waiver of such right. That's found in Rule 12F uh, and case law affirms that. Uh, I note State versus Jones 140 Idaho 755 states that tardily raised objections based on defects in an indictment or information are waived unless they allege either a failure to show jurisdiction or failure to charge an offense. Uh, the, de the defects for which an indictment may be dismissed are found in Idaho Criminal Rule 6.6, .6, none of which were alleged in the defendant's motion, none of which have been alleged by the defendant today. Uh, in terms of the timeline of this case, I, I think we've already discussed that. I would note at this point, we are more than 90 days out since the defendant re received the transcript. He has not filed any 12B motions to date uh, based on that transcript. Uh, I would note, uh, he talked about the voting sheet. The defendant has only recently asked for that voting sheet, uh, more than two months after he received the transcript. Now, we certainly, uh, we did stipulate to him being able to see the voting sheet because the rules say he's allowed to. Uh, but if he wanted to base any type of motion, 12B motion on what's contained in that voting sheet or the transcript, he should have acted on that a lot sooner. He could have asked for that at the same time he made a motion to receive the transcript or when he received the transcript. Instead, he waited well past 28 days after the time he received the transcript to even make that request. Um, again, I would note the defendant has not alleged any defects whatsoever in the transcript or the indictment under which the defendant was charged. Um, he's, he hasn't presented any good cause other than it's voluminous. Well, he also alleged in his motion that he has read the entire thing. We understand there's a lot of work. Uh, having said that, uh, he hasn't done any of the motion work necessary to, to file any, uh, to, 
to prepare for a 12B motion. Uh, in terms of this additional grand jury proceeding, he's never filed a request for that transcript. Now, the state actually believes he's not entitled to that under Rule 6.2C, uh, which dictates who's entitled to a grand jury transcript. And I'm only noting this, Your Honor, because this is the reason listed in the defendant's motion. A uh, grand jury transcript is limited to the prosecuting attorney, ind any individual indicted by that grand jury, or anyone charged with perjury due to their testimony in front of the grand jury. Uh, Mr. Daybell does not meet any of those criteria. Uh, Mr. Pryor is correct that grand jury proceedings are extremely uh, confidential. The state does feel comfortable saying that his that his client wasn't even the subject of the grand jury proceeding that day. Um, the only way that additional grand jury proceedings could reasonably be used to attack the initial indictment is if new charges were brought against the defendant and the state attempted to merge or combine those two indictments, which hasn't happened. Uh, again, I've, I've already brought up, he hasn't even filed a motion for that transcript. Uh, he only recently, again, only recently asked for the voting sheet. Uh, the right to file a 12B motion to dismiss an indictment for defects in the indictment protects the defendant's right to fair proceedings in a fair trial. However, the defendant's not the only person entitled to fair proceedings in a fair trial. Uh, the people of the state of Idaho, specifically free, the people of Fremont County and Madison County, are also entitled to a fair trial. Uh, the victims in this case are entitled to fair proceedings and fair trial. It would be unduly prejudicial for the state to grant the defendant, for the court to grant the defendant's motion, where he's, he's clearly waived his as 12B or his rights to file under 12B were more than 90 days out from the time he received the transcript. Um, it, it, at some point, Your Honor, the, the problem is uh, we're well into trial prep. We're getting ready for trial. Uh, timelines are provided by the rules uh, for these things to be taken care of in a timely manner. If Mr. Pryor had filed those other motions, we might have a different position, but he has, they've made the tactical decision to not file any of the others, any of these other motions. He has raised no def, he has raised no allegations whatsoever of defects to date. Um, and so in conclusion, he's failed to state any reason or good cause why any additional proceedings in which he was, the defendant was not indicted should be subject ground for grounds for an extension of time. Uh, he's provided no good cause in terms of actions he's taken to uh, preserve those 12B motions. Uh, the defendant has not provided the court any excusable neglect for his decision not to do so. Uh, as such, as a matter of law, he has waived his right filing 12B motions, other than those regarding jurisdiction or failure to charge an offense. So the state respectfully requests an order denying the defendant's motion, in which states the time to file any such motions is now expired. Thank you. I'm going to allow a What did you say, Mr. Pryor? Hey, I respond, Judge. Yeah, I was absolutely going to let you respond. You just didn't give me a chance. So okay, I thanks for the argument, Mr. Pryor. What's your response? Judge, uh, I would point out that I filed a timely motion to extend time on 621-22. I filed another one on 921-22 uh, because I had not had the uh, uh, transcript at that time. Uh, my recollection is that there was never a formal order extending the time, although I think on the record, the court extended the time. Uh, at that point, I had not had an opportunity to review the voluminous nature of uh, what was transpired here in terms of five days of grand jury uh, testimony. 
So at that point, after he was uh, provided the initial district court arraignment on 12-3, I filed another extension of time. I can't see logically how Mr. Wood can claim I wasn't diligent in seeking an extension of time because of The, the, the voluminous nature of this evidence when on three separate occasions, Judge, I filed motions to extend time. Uh, I take issue with Mr. Wood's suggestion that if witnesses were called during a grand jury transcript, and, and I want to thank Mr. Wood for acknowledging the grand jury. He didn't have to do that, and, and thank you for doing that, because there now will be a, uh, a motion to uh, get that transcript that whatever was said to the grand jury. And Judge, if there were any witnesses who are witnesses in this case. Now, I would suggest that they probably called witnesses because they don't reconvene a grand jury and not put witnesses on the standard testimony. So anything that was said, the suggestion that I wouldn't be entitled to it, I think is, 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 um, is, is, is ludicrous because any information about what a witness says in front of a, any kind of a proceeding, I would be entitled to it. You don't get to cap this under some, say, some rule that says you don't get this. So if there now is grand jury testimony, Judge, I need that testimony. In addition, an opportunity to review that before I go forward with this motion. So I would respectfully ask the court to extend the time. I believe that this, the sheer nature of the volume in this case, and as an example, the court saw the voluminous nature of the venue information that I had to submit. I would, I would represent to the court that that's only a fraction of what this case involves in terms of evidence. So Given that, Judge, I think I've shown good cause, and uh, I don't want to allege that there was excusable neglect because there has been no no neglect. I've been diligent in filing three motions to extend time, asking the court to give me an opportunity to adequately prepare this before. And Mr. Wood suggesting that I haven't alleged any problems with the grand jury uh, uh, proceedings. Well, Mr. Wood, that's not what a motion to extend is for. The motion to dismiss is to allege those things. And once the court provides me an opportunity and sets a deadline. If I deem that that motion to dismiss needs to come forward, it'll come forward. It'll allege what needs to be alleged. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Thank you, Mr. Pryor. I've considered the arguments of counsel and the reasons stated in the motion. I've also considered Idaho Criminal Rule 12D, which goes through the time frame. I'd note that 12 D reads that motions under Rule 12B must be filed within 28 days after the entry of a plea of not guilty or seven days before trial, whichever is earlier. Uh, It goes on to state that in felony cases, motions under Rule 12B must be brought on for hearing within 14 days after filing or 48 hours before trial, whichever is earlier. And then importantly, it indicates the court may shorten or enlarge the time and for good cause shown or for excusable neglect may relieve a party of failure to comply with this rule. So going back earlier into the history of this case, there was an arraignment uh, in the case that took place on June 9th, 2021, and a timely motion to extend was filed and granted by the court. There was an initial order on June 23rd where the court ordered an extension of the time and indicated that the motion was to be filed and heard by uh, September 10th of 2021. And that was a time frame we discussed in relation to when we thought 
the transcripts would all be available to be a completed review to allow an adequate opportunity for the filing of a motion under 12B. As we learned later then, the transcripts were still not done at the time of that initial extension, which went out into September. And those transcripts, in fact, didn't get done, I believe, until October. There were intervening motions filed to preserve the request to extend under 12B. I don't find there's been a excusable neglect here because I do agree with Mr. Pryor's analysis that he's preserved the issue. And so the question before the court is whether or not there's good cause shown in this filing today. And I do find, first of all, that the rule obviously builds in quite a bit of discretion. And I think the policy of the rule is to allow the parties adequate time to bring such a motion well before trial so that everybody doesn't complete trial preparation and then find out a case is dismissed on the eve of trial. And I think one of the important things the court considers then is when is the trial in this case. And that's an important factor to me because our trial is still a year away. We don't have trial scheduled until January of 2023 in this case. And so due to the voluminous nature of the transcripts, I do find that good cause is shown for an extension. However, now that those are completed, the court is going to order a specific time frame like we did in the first order back in June of last year and set the hearing as well as the deadline for the motion. I just want to discuss the setting of the hearing, of course, because the rule then gives a quick time frame for the hearing to be heard after the motion is filed. So I'd like to include in an order the deadline for both of those. All the discussion of any further grand jury proceedings is beyond the scope of this hearing and not anything I'm considering. I'm not making any ruling based on whether or not there was any further grand jury proceedings. All I know is there was no further indictment. So to me, that does not factor into this decision at this time. So with that in mind, there is still quite a lot of time before trial, but it's also a motion that I think has been out there and you've known about it for a long time, Mr. Pryor. And as you've indicated, you do now have the completed transcripts and you've reviewed those. So I don't know that this needs to get extended any longer than possible because I think the state is correct that it's entitled to know the answer to this question as it's preparing for trial, which it's already starting to do. So I will grant the motion and I want to now discuss a deadline for having that hearing and filing of the motion. And I'll note, I mean, my calendar is a little tricky for the next, between now and March, although I do have some dates where I can get a hearing scheduled. So what is your suggestion on a proposed timeframe when you'd have this ready to be heard, Mr. Pryor? At the end of March, I'm unavailable the 24th and 25th, the 29th through the 1st. I'm available if the court has any time at that point. That would be, that should be sufficient if the court can fit it in at that point. I do note we do have another hearing on this case that I believe is set for the 18th of March, actually two hearings, one at nine and one at 11. So I don't know that we should have it before that time, but obviously I'll defer to the court's wisdom. 
I think this motion is really independent of those other motions and could be heard prior to that. So I'm looking to see if we could put this in. I, I don't, I definitely don't want to do it on the 18th with those other hearings. I'm not sure how long the motion to sever will take, but I think we need to reserve time for that. I'm just, uh, if you'll give me a moment, I'm just reviewing my calendar and what dates I don't have available due to other trial settings. How about March 23rd? I can do the 23rd of March, Judge, yes. Your Honor, is that the hearing date? Yeah, that's, uh, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Mr. Wood. I'm kind of going backwards here, but I'd like to get the hearing date scheduled and then in accordance with the rule, we'll set a motion filing deadline. How does that day look on your calendar, Mr. Wood? Uh, that day works for the state. The, the state's preference would be that this issue be taken care of before any other motions, though. Um, before it's a, it would be a dispositive motion, at least a temporarily dispositive motion. Judge, I don't anticipate that the court's going to make a decision from the bench either on the severance or the other motions on the 18th. And frankly, uh, having the motion two business days after that, uh, I frankly believe the court's going to need some time to ponder all of these. And I fully expect the court could probably prioritize and decide on the motion to dismiss before putting any effort into its formal decision on the other two. So I, I don't have as much concern that the they're close in time as uh, the court's going to probably not rule from the bench on all of these. All right. Uh, consider all of that. I do find that the 23rd is a date that works for the court and also in terms of the uh, order of the proceedings in the case as well. So we'll schedule the hearing on the motion to dismiss for March 23rd. And then under Rule 12D, Mr. Pryor, then that will set your deadline for the filing of a motion of March 9th. Thank you, Your Honor. So if you'd prepare an order, Mr. Pryor, that indicates March 9th is the filing deadline for the motion and the 23rd will be the scheduled hearing on the motion. I will do that, Judge. And may I ask, Judge, I didn't hear what time on the 23rd? Uh, thanks, I believe I didn't mention that. So we'll just indicate that that will start at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Judge, I will get an order out, and uh, uh, you should anticipate getting those motions shortly. All right. Thanks for your participation in the hearing today, both. Is there anything else we need to bring up this morning on this case, Mr. Pryor? Uh, 
No, Judge, may we be excused? Yes, Mr. Wood, anything further? Not at this time. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay, thanks, Council. We'll be in recess. <laughs> Voluminous, an airborne virus. I oh knew my it. Gosh. <laughs> this is a bad angle for me this time of the morning. The sun right? is glaring in my window. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my plants love it. So what can I do? Maybe I can right. move me. There you go. Move to the side a little bit. Well, that was very interesting. So yes, if you joined late, what that was, may we be excused? Yes. <laughs> Lisa, may I be excused from the table? Um, <laughs> that hearing was uh, an extension, a request for an extension on the part of the defense uh, to have more time before... Um, the judge actually hears his motion to dismiss the charges against Chad Daybell. Yes, we're going through all this shit so that they can ask to dismiss six first degree murder counts against him. I just, it's not fucking happening. It's not happening. Uh, <laughs> no, it's hilarious. No, but there um, is apparently going to be a voluminous amount of requests. So you think? Um, <laughs> One thing, interestingly, that was very uh, nonchalantly acknowledged, though, was mm -hmm. the second grand jury, which you, Katie, found mm -hmm. out about. Yeah. We have heard nothing about, no outcome about, but yeah. Pryor is now asking for the uh, transcripts to that as well. Yep. Interesting, too, that the judge was like, oh, I don't know anything about any second grand jury, but I do know there were no indictments, you know, mm -hmm. that's which obviously there weren't, or we'd all have heard about that by now. Right, it but... It won't be, though. It, it could just be that they're holding on to some stuff. It could be, but at this point, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could also be that they're waiting for Lori to get spiffed up mm -hmm. and get out of uh, the state hospital so that uh, they can officially finally charge her with all of these charges, and there might be more, you know. Right. We don't know. Right. There could be more. This could be charges against the other players that we have mm -hmm. talked so much about that people who, you know, very clearly did know some things yeah. about what was going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Very interesting. Yep. Also, to hear sake. John Pryor have to describe how difficult his job is, Your Honor, was pretty hilarious. First of all, Your Honor, they want me to read all of this, and then yeah. they want me to read some more. And then I have to review it, and then I have to compare it, and then I have... Like, dude, you're an attorney, dummy. That's what attorneys do. You are an right. attorney without a paralegal, is what you are. Because generally, attorneys don't actually do that part. The paralegal does, and summarizes for them. But he yeah. doesn't have one. No. He, but how does he not have one? How is he doing a case like this? Without adequate help on his side. That's on him. It's insanity is what it is. I can't mm -hmm. imagine trying to handle this case. And then to come to the court and complain about it. Dude, yeah. where is, you know, the, the the prosecutor's office, they have other help. They have paralegals and there's more than one attorney in there. And, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying to take yeah. on this first degree murder trial by yourself. He's an idiot. Kind of wild that it was just uh, Wood this morning. Yeah, I mean, they only needed one of them to argue that, but still, usually yeah. he comes with a posse. But I mean, it. I'm pretty sure they figured the judge would grant it because he has been mm -hmm. pretty lenient with this stuff. 
And honestly, bad. we're still waiting on Lori, so it's not like there right. isn't time. There, There is. Um, has Lori been forced to take any medication or is she refusing? We don't know for sure. We know that the prosecutor filed um, a request with the judge for her to be forcefully medicated. Mm-hmm. We don't know the outcome of that because all of that stuff is sealed. Chances are very good that that was, in fact, um, approved, though. Yeah. Considering her situation. Mm-hmm. So... We'll, we don't know for sure, but it's very likely that if that request was made, that that would be approved. Um, because she is, you know, incarcerated and this is about getting her prepared for trial. Yeah. So there's a lot we don't know because there's so little, you know, that hey, we know about you. what's going on in the hospital. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But hey, there you have it. Yep. Ryer got more time to clutch his pearls is what he got. He really did. He yep. never really turned red this morning. I'm impressed. I know. He did, you know, catch I... the voluminous virus, though. <laughs> right. Well, you had to wonder, is it, uh, was that natural or was it easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl? Maybe it was. His face <laughs> not turned bright red like normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's started wearing a little makeup. The stage makeup for going yeah. onto the camera, right? Yep. <laughs> So that hearing in March will be very interesting to see what happens, Um, you know, because they're going to start talking about severance. This is a big deal. So things have to go in order. So, of course, they got to do the, are we dismissing this case altogether? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Then, (laughs) I mean, it's just performative. We know it is. Um, But then there will be... um, the hearing on whether or not there will be a severance. Are they going to sever these cases? And if they do, which we know the judge does not want to do. And we also know that the prosecution does not want to do. Mm -hmm. And the other defendant does not want to do. It is only Daybell that wants the severance, Mm -hmm. but he has legal rights. So we'll see. But then things could change a lot. Do we think yeah. Lori is in Blackfoot? Yeah, I do think Lori is in Blackfoot. Yeah. I don't know why the state would not send her to Blackfoot. I mean, the other only other choice would be Orofino, and that's a long ways away. I think mm-hmm. she's right there in Blackfoot. Yeah. It's not like there's lots of choices. No. There aren't there's only there are only two state hospitals that take adults. Yeah. And they're not going to put her in something that they have to pay for when they have their own facility. Just no, they don't. Well, no. And, and worry about the security of and everything. It makes no sense. Right. They have mm-hmm. security for inmates, for um, people, yeah. you know, criminals and that kind of thing. That's, that's something that the hospital in Blackfoot has, are, has mm-hmm. been doing. Right. Well, she's not the only criminal in there, you know? No, no, I'm sure she's not. I mean, we have, now this guy might actually be an Orfino, but we have that guy that uh, killed the, the caretaker of his family's land and right. uh, and consumed part of his body. Not All that ago. he's in Orofino because that was up in Northern Idaho. That was up in Northern Idaho. So yeah. he probably is, but yeah. The only, yeah. The only right. reason for severance would be of Chad is rolling on Lori. Right. And that's what yeah. we think is trying to happen here. He can still roll on her even when their case is joined. They still have their individual rights, mm-hmm. but 
the case can't move forward until she comes out of the hospital. So if they sever, mm-hmm. then Chad's case can move forward. He could roll. He could take a deal, whatever. Yeah. And then she's on her own when he comes out. Yep. Well, but, you know, I my impression this morning from Rob Wood is like, let's get on with it. You know? Yeah. We're ready. We're preparing for trial. Like, let's go. Right. But I think that's on the part of the judge, too. He has mm-hmm. been, he has drug his feet a lot. The women's prison in Idaho is in Pocatello, isn't it? It is. It's in Pocatello. So it's about 50 miles from where I live. Although I believe there is a facility in Boise that houses women as well. But the the prison that is specifically women in Idaho is in Pocatello, not very far from here. Yeah. But yeah, the judge has been pretty lenient on all this. I think the judge is looking at this like, she's still in the hospital. We have forever, you know? Why not give people the time they need? Yeah. Um, but the severance question is going to be very interesting. That is a really pivotal Mm -hmm. decision on the part of the judge for this case. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, there's a lot of reasons to not want to sever. First of all, the cost, dare I say, will be voluminous. (laughs) (laughs) To do it all twice. To do it all twice. But the other part of it is whoever goes second in those, you know, proceedings could have a different outcome than the person who goes first. And then that opens the door for more challenges to the law and more appeals because one person had a different outcome than the other. If that happens, I, it, it's just, it's a big problem in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that too, Sarah, Sarah said, I find it interesting that when they were setting dates for trial. Rob Wood wanted to move it out further, and Pryor was clutching his pearls, uh, asking to start as soon as next January. What does he really want? More time or or to start the trial? Well, both. He wants to be extra. You know, he wants to make sure that he has Always. also, you know, and, and that's kind of unfair because he also wants to make sure he's done all of his due diligence for his client. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, if if this trial really happens next January, I would be very surprised. Because we just keep pushing shit out further and further. I, I, I'll i be surprised if there is a trial, really. I mean, I, I really mm-hmm. feel like we're going to get to a point where there won't even be a trial. Mm-hmm. I know they plan toward it as though it will happen. But I think these two would be stupid as hell to go to trial on death penalty charges. I mean, a way to get the death, death penalty off the table is to take a plea. And yeah. I really question that. Me too. The judge the is judge? cautious. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's all this worry about because these things aren't common here. These guys have not dealt with this kind of stuff before. And I, I feel like the judge and the prosecutor are very cognizant of doing anything that might violate Lori's rights because she's currently incompetent. Yeah. And there's worry about all of that. So taking mm-hmm. more time, being more careful, you know, that's what they're doing. Yeah. How long do we think Lori will be in the hospital? What are you thinking? She's been I think there, what, she's about close. Six months now. I think she's close to coming back. Do you? I do. Yep. I feel like the new his that um, uh, Archibald, her attorney now, mm-hmm. it wants to get the show on the road. Wants mm-hmm. to get this going. Get her, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I also wonder how much he disagrees with Means's assessment of her competence competency here's Mm -hmm. the thing 
There are people across this country that believe in all kinds of supernatural things, whether it's religion or angels or ghosts or a billion different things. Right. That alone is not enough to be incompetent to stand trial. If it was, mm. nobody would be standing trial. Right. And so they're never going to change her mind away from her religious or spiritual beliefs. And they don't have to. That's not even, you know, it shouldn't even be a part of the conversation. And I wonder no. if it is or if it isn't. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And and as as part of, as far as the hospital is concerned, it won't be because those mm-hmm. things are not seen as a mental illness. Her issue is, can she comprehend the charges against her? Can she understand mm-hmm. it? And can she participate in her defense? That's all they have to do mm-hmm. is get her to that point. So I agree with you. I think it's coming pretty quickly. And see, to um, me, that whole shit storm that she caused back in October with Mark Means and with the yeah. LDS church and all of that stuff, if that doesn't smack of competency, I don't know what does. Well, it smacks of she's fully capable of creating a shitstorm of drama all around her mm-hmm. as yeah. always, as you know. Always. And yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think that she gets what's going on here. Yeah. I think that at this point it's a game. I do feel like while in prison or in jail, she lost connection to reality. I yeah. do not think it's still missing. I think she yeah. has found it. I think so too. I, I suspect they're just in the final phases of, uh, you know, just getting her all spiffed up and ready to go and she'll be back. Well, and they have to be doubly sure and triply sure and quadruply sure yeah. that she is so that she doesn't come back and then able to come back later and say, oh, they kicked me out of the hospital too fast, blah, 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 mm-hmm. for an appeal or an acquittal or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're they're going to be as sure as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, she wants a trial for attention. Yes, she wants all this for, att- she, for attention. Absolutely. Agreed. I mean, think about every trip to court she's had. She is. Well, I mean, it's interesting, though, right? She was still showing up in court until, uh, well, she quit looking quite so cute. You know, hair extensions, gone. Gray, present. Wrinkles everywhere. You know, all the fancy, the makeup, the nails, everything. Once she was done uh, being able to really spoof herself up to look... uh, Spoof. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, you know, to uh, to show <laughs> up in court looking cute. Uh, she quit coming to court. Right, right. She did, and because this is about attention, and it is about mm-hmm. her appearance, and you know, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Till yeah. the roots grow, right? So we'll see. You know, but this is. This is important that I've been waiting and wondering why it's taking so freaking long for them to look at the severance of these cases, because that's a key moment here. Uh When those cases are severed, if she's still incompetent, Chad's case can move forward. Uh They could roll on her and take a deal. They could whatever he can do it and not have to continue to wait. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting stuff. Anything else you want to share? Is that about it? I think we pretty much covered it. That's just, that is, I think we have where things are at. Yeah. Yep. All right. You all, thank you very much for joining us here today on the live stream. And uh, we will be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain with the Psychic Hour. 
And that is a live stream again on Facebook and YouTube um, and available after the fact as well. But mm -hmm. if you want to join us, please do. We would love to have you. Yeah. And you know, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.